here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Should we begin with the puking, or should we begin with the topics that will change the face of WWE forever? Jeff Hawkins. We are not here to talk about Curtis Hughes. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Nobody's listening for hockey talk. Shake Them Ropes, episode 131. Jeff Hawkins, sitting in the big boy chair again. Uh, Today, we'll go over Raw, and we'll go over episode number 47 on our top 100. Matches to see before you die. Triple H versus Shawn Michaels, SummerSlam 2002. Joining me, as always, one of the linchpins of Voices of Wrestling. The man behind the live video shows on Monday, which are great. Rob McCarron. Hi, Rob. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Great job. Oh, yeah. Great job. Not, not bad for something last minute, right? No. Um, I'm trying <laughs> to cut down the talking because I'm still recovering from a cold. Okay. And recovering from my drunken affair on Saturday night. Yeah. Sunday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, really. Mm. Uh, trying to recover from that, the traveling. I, I I picked up the cold, but what are you going to do? Yeah, this is our third straight day of, uh, or my third straight day of shows. Yours. You're, yeah. you're two of three, mm-hmm. as we did the post-Raw show uh, last night. I did the post-Raw show last night, VOW Live, a new thing we're trying to get going on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Shake Them Ropes on YouTube, youtube.com slash Voices of Wrestling, or uh, go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube. Both of them take you there. Um, so we did VOW Live last night. We did STR Live, you and me, on Sunday night after the Royal Rumble, a fun show. Um, the most listened to Shake Them Rope show <laughs> of all time. Now, how do you feel about that? Uh, I, well, there was it was a mix between a lot of hype for the Royal Rumble. Uh, you okay. know, AJ Styles showing up. Uh, no, no, I mean, I mean your personal performance on that show. Oh, well, uh, no, I wasn't professional broadcaster guy. <laughs> okay. Cuz oftentimes on on air, you are the you are the voice of reason, you are the straight-laced one, you right. are the man who are who's driving the show. You you yeah. you're in the driver's seat. I don't mean that in, in in means of driving content or anything. You're you're the guy who's in control. And it just seems odd that that the most listened to show is the one where you were just like, "Ah, drinking." Yeah. I was, I was getting my uh, fun on, if you will. Now, see, for me, I like getting a cold and going on the air because it gives my voice some much-needed bass. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I get the Barry White effect going there. Hey, baby, how's it? You know that kind of yeah. thing. It's like, yeah, man. I hope I get a cold so I can do this radio show. No, but what's going to happen for me is I'm just going to. Um, I don't know about the bass aspect. I'm just going to be, you know, divulging my illness through the microphone to you all. And to you, Jeff, uh, yeah. as you noticed before we started recording, um, yeah, there might not be some uh, some good sounding sound effects on this show mm, coming well, from my fight from my face. <laughs> I apologize just, in advance. Just don't get anything on the on the equipment. That's all we ask. I know. I'll try not to. 
Okay. Uh, but we are here for Shake Them Ropes. We are going to talk about Triple H and Shawn Michaels, the Shawn Michaels return match from uh, SummerSlam 2002, a fun show. Uh, and we have uh, kind of the Royal Rumble fallout and the WWE Raw fallout. We're recording this um, about an hour or so before SmackDown starts taping on Tuesday, so we won't know what happens there. But I think, Jeff, and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, let me know what you think. We're okay. kind of already, after, what, three weeks, already kind of back to where SmackDown doesn't matter much. Oh, yeah. It's still an enjoyable show because Morrow's great, but uh, I still haven't watched SmackDown. And you don't <laughs> need to. I mean, aside from the Callisto title change, getting Alberto Del Rio back the U.S. title, uh, not a whole lot has really happened that's been consequential. And you could argue that that match itself and that title change wasn't even consequent, uh, consequential. No, it wasn't. It, it was, And it was just a flyer to see what they do on the pay-per-view for the most part. Um, you know, for me, I would have scrapped the show or reinvented it in some way because they've been telling you it hasn't mattered for, you know, close to a decade now yeah. since the brand split even. So it it's it's become ingrained. It's become, you know, uh, you know, uh, repetitive in terms of how they tell you it doesn't matter. And so now people just don't think it doesn't matter. It's a wrestling show with more content, but that doesn't mean the content's any better or any does anything to really further uh, a storyline of any kind. And if it does, they'll just recap it on raw. So why is it must see appointment television or yeah, absolutely. Or, or just flat out do it over on raw, yeah. which has yeah. been the case for, for a good amount of time now. Um, so yeah, we we're coming off of a pretty big weekend of, of pro wrestling. We're coming off of obviously the Royal rumble, a uh, raw last night where AJ styles had his first WWE raw match ever. Um, big ratings. I mean, the ratings came out today. It was, it was a, you know, highly watched Raw compared to some recent weeks. Uh, the most watched Raw, I believe, since the summer of last year. Uh, so people were uh, were tuning in to figure out what happened. Like, who is this AJ Styles fella? What is Triple H going to do? What's the main event of the next pay-per-view? They, well, they had some drawing factors. Well, it's the first. It, it often is. It's the first Raw on the road to WrestleMania, so to speak. Yeah. So it, there's always interest in that. What were the numbers? If you have uh, it, it averaged over 4 million viewers, which last week's did about 3.4. The week before was a 3.5. Um, so, I mean, we're talking a pretty significant jump compared to recent Raws. Okay. So this actually goes into my discussion of AJ Styles uh -huh. today. Um, I, <laughs> I wasn't as positive on what they did with AJ last night. Not, not that I'm being negative about it. It's just, I, I'm going to actually double back and say we're wrong about this whole subtlety thing. It's it's a mistake. It's a mistake to do the Atami build on the main roster for this Styles Clash. They should have already done it in the Royal Rumble of some kind, and then you tease it for later, I think. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, so we, we had a little bit of this discussion on Sunday when they kept teasing the Styles Clash and you didn't hit it in the Rumble which wasn't that big of a deal to me because finishes don't often happen in the Royal Rumble itself. Okay. And, you know, I mean, especially AJ Styles' finish, like he teased it. Everyone there knew what his finish was. They didn't have yeah. to hit it. They didn't have to spell it out for them. Everyone now, there knew. Right. Now, But we, this is now 4 million people on Raw. This is, right. and there's only a million WWE Network subscribers. So you're introducing AJ Styles to almost three times more people on this Monday Night Raw 
that's going to be watched in the first step in the road to WrestleMania. And WWE being what it is, they're not giving him the star push here. They're giving him the I'm Dolph Ziggler handshake type of push. See, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Now, I, I put up a poll last night before I did VOW Live. Maybe not that bad. Maybe not. It's not Dolph. that bad. It really but, but isn't that bad. No, it's 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 not. That's a little bit extreme. But but I'll go into I'll go into my monologue after after you finish yeah. it. Because I put up a poll last night. Now there's a couple of debates here. There's how are they building AJ Styles, and then you know should he have used the Styles Clash? How are they building his finisher? Um, just on the finisher debate, I put up a poll at Shake Them Ropes. Should AJ Styles have used the Styles Clash by now? Twenty uh, percent said yes. 57% said no, and 23% said don't care. And we got some pretty good feedback from this poll. It was, the, I believe, the most response to a poll uh, we've ever had. Uh, so there were a lot of people who felt kind of strongly about AJ Styles. You know, Dylan Waco, who's been a guest on this show, um, he was adamant that they should have used the Styles Clash last night, yes. that he should have won that way. Um, there's agree. a lot of folks out there who are kind of into the build, like, let's see where this goes. You know, you mentioned Hideo Itami. Hideo Itami didn't use the, the go to sleep for a long time. Now, of course, the major difference there is the fact that CM Punk made the go to sleep famous in WWE. You know, Michelle McCool, most people don't realize she was using the Styles Clash or at least don't remember it, and it wasn't that big of a deal. So it's a little bit different of a situation. Um, I'm on the belief that, you know, I'm interested to see where it goes. I don't believe they've banned the styles clash as some are, you know, wondering because they haven't used this move yet. Uh, I just think they're waiting for the time, waiting for the right time, possibly at WrestleMania for AJ styles to use the styles clash. And that's a sign, honestly, to me that they've put more thought into his character, more thought into his development than someone like a Dolph Ziggler. Like they're holding off this styles clash move so that when he hits it, it can be a really big deal. I think they're trying to make AJ Styles into a big deal and him defeating Chris Jericho on Monday night, a match that Chris Jericho probably lobbied for because Jericho does this. He did it with Daniel Bryan. Uh, he's done it on house shows with Finn Balor and Neville. Um, you put AJ Styles over a former main eventer in Chris Jericho, yet him go a half hour in the Royal Rumble. He, is he going to be in the world title picture right away? No, because they have something with that already with Roman Reigns and Triple H. But is he going to do something that's, you know, promoted on television? I have no doubt right now, which is hard with WWE, but I have no doubt that they're going to make AJ Styles into something important on the road to WrestleMania. Okay, here's where I disagree. I think they think they're doing the right thing here. Don't get me wrong. I think they think they're doing the right thing here, but I think they're being too smart. And by smart, I mean wrestling smart as opposed to intelligent. Um, this is the wrestling bubble talking right now about the Styles Clash and whatnot. We know what the Styles Clash is. Four million people watched Raw on Monday. At most, 800,000 a week were watching TNA. This is your chance to introduce AJ Styles to the world. And what did they do here? I mean, I mean, there, there's a trope in improv, and it also goes to script writing and stuff, that whys and hows are more important than who's and what's. Why is this guy important right now, and how does he do things? And and that's why we care about him. What they did here was they introduced, okay, he's AJ Styles. He's the biggest free agent. Well, they've had that character before. It was called Montel Vontavious Porter, and they did and they did that. And and then they cut him off when he was starting to speak when he had the chance to introduce himself after the Rumble. So even those who watched the Rumble who weren't aware of AJ Styles didn't have a chance to listen to him. 
possibly because Vince doesn't like having Southern accents on TV, and that's why they interrupted him. I don't know. I'm putting that out there as a possibility. Okay, so you're not going to let him talk on this first time. How about a video package beforehand? You 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 buy some footage from some indie place where AJ was this past year having great matches, and you show people the styles clash. So you're not subtle up top. You're, you're saying this is who this guy is, and this is why he's so great. And then Jericho doesn't do any favors with his part of the promo saying, you know, welcome to the big time kid. I know that's WWE thought that, that they're the greatest thing going. They've won the war guys. They are the biggest thing. They don't need to keep telling you that now. How about a big fight build instead where Chris Jericho goes, yeah, I've heard AJ Styles has been going all around the world, winning titles, having these great matches. Give me his resume and stuff as opposed to the, I'm the high school bully by the locker saying, yeah, you're in high school now, kid. This isn't the middle school stuff that you used to be doing. They don't need a downgrade like that. They can make AJ Styles seem like a big deal here without giving him the world title push, but just so that the fans that aren't in the bubble, that aren't on Twitter, that don't know anything about TNA, that don't know anything about AJ Styles, this is who this guy is. This was old school build back in the day, 101. You have a guy come in, he hits his finisher on, on, a, on a job guy. That's why he's important. In WWE, when they used to do it, they used to do vignettes, like the Mr. Perfect vignettes. That way, when he showed up and nobody knew who he was from the AWA, you knew he was a guy to be reckoned with. This is what this character is about. Right now, they've just told me a what. He's AJ Styles, and he's the biggest free agent in wrestling. Great. That, that's akin to, this is T.L. Hopper, he's a plumber. They haven't shown me that. And then they go out and they do this match where I don't need AJ Styles to necessarily have a dominant win. I know what the thinking was here. Oh, Chris Jericho is a is a quote-unquote star. I don't necessarily believe he has the heft he used to have here. And AJ squeaks out a win over him. after, And then he lasted, you know, 12 minutes in, or however long he lasted in the Rumble. Half hour. A, long a half hour in the Rumble. I'm sorry, 12 minutes. I don't know what, 12 guys I was thinking. But he lasted a long time in the Rumble. This will give him championship heft. Or this will give him star power heft. It doesn't. This is, t this is actually TNA booking in some ways. Where they bring in a guy, oh, he's the hottest free agent. Let's put him in the ring with one of our stars. And, you know, usually they make the mistake of having him lose. And, and still get the rub, which is a good thing they didn't here. But still, they eked out a win. It wasn't a dominant win over a guy that many people don't see as having that star power anymore. Now they can improve upon this next week. I'm not saying that it's dead in the water or anything, but it's definitely a concern for people who think AJ Styles should be much bigger here than he is. They're, they're going to the old WWE well where it's, where it's Vince McMahon's proclivities about a guy who was a big name elsewhere. Well, he really hasn't proven himself here. You can think that in the back. Just don't say that on your television product. Make him a big deal. Give me his resume, not just JBL. Show me. Show me pictures of him with an IWGP belt. You have this major billion-dollar movie company, and you make great video packages. Make one for AJ Styles. On one of the notes that you mentioned, I mean, Chris Jericho talking down to him, like, welcome to the big time. Yeah. But doesn't it go to help AJ Styles case where he's getting talked down to by Chris Jericho, but then AJ, instead of using words, you know, goes out there and beats Chris Jericho. Like, yeah, welcome to the big time. AJ Styles is here in the big time. And he just beats Chris Jericho, who is making fun of him. 
he that, eked out a win. He eked out a win. He didn't beat Chris Jericho necessarily. He won. He won, but, he won but, one, two, three. But it's still, it's one of those, well, you've been playing minor league ball so long. Here's here's the major leagues. Let's see how you pitch right now. As opposed to, say, the, the corollary I would come up with off the top of my head is a Japanese pitcher who was a star in the Japanese leagues. And you're all kind of interested in seeing how he does in the major leagues as opposed to, oh, yeah, he's been in this system a long time. Finally got the call up right now. There's not that sense of, from 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 that promo that Jericho gave, there's not that sense of, Ooh, yeah, he's, you know, maybe he's a little nervous about this match somehow going up against AJ Styles. It's like, nope, I've been doing this a long time on this level oh, right on. now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the club right no, now. It, Jer- it's Jericho's been cocky. The guy thought he was one of the top three contenders to win the Royal Rumble match the week prior. This isn't, you know, nervous Chris Jericho. This is cocky Chris Jericho. He thought he could beat Brock Lesnar. You think he's going to be worried about AJ Styles? No, well, they're, they're, this cocky thing has just kind of come up. I'm not saying as a character choice. I'm saying as a scripting, being careful choice here. Maybe you don't put him against Chris Jericho the first day in. You you let him get the win over uh, Heath Slater, and then you do Jericho the next See, week. It would have worked. I, yeah, I I think putting him with Jericho on night one is a better move than putting him up against a Neville or a or a Heath Slater, you know, a guy where the fans say, okay, this guy has no chance to beat AJ Styles, even if we don't know who he, who he is. Okay, uh, that's a good, that, that's actually a decent point. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, there, there's something missing here, and it's and it's kind of the respect towards AJ rather than on the Jericho side. I, Jericho I, can be cocky and whatnot, but how about you build it up different than the, I'm going to interrupt your promo. Let AJ get his promo out. Let Chris Jericho get a promo out separately and then have the two of them. I just think it's nervousness that people are worried that AJ Styles isn't going to mean anything in WWE and that they're going to ruin him. So until they see evidence otherwise, they're just thinking everything's wrong. Where I'm seeing evidence right now that AJ Styles went a half an hour in the Rumble. He went in there one-on-one with Roman Reigns, who's their, their guy. He beat Chris Jericho the next night. He got the cool entrance music. He's being put over. To me, everything so far with AJ Styles is as best as could be expected and should have been expected because they had the Royal Rumble plans. They had WrestleMania plans intact. It's not like this guy is going to come in for the world title at this point. And no. going for the U.S. title, for example, would be a step down. I think beating you know Jericho here on Raw, I, I just don't think there's anything we should be worried about yet. Okay, let me, let me, let me present it in a different way then. I'm I'm trying not I'm not looking at being a wrestling fan and being worried about AJ Styles. I'm worried about how do people outside the bubble who don't know anything about AJ Styles, who know nothing about AJ Styles, your 10-year-olds, the people that they're really marketing to, how do they view him and how was he presented here? Now, if you have a television show that that's gone a couple seasons and you're introducing a new bad guy or a new good guy, you introduce him in the prologue of episode one of that season, usually, and he does something really, really spectacular and cool to let you know this guy is to be dealt with. He doesn't, I mean, if you bring in a new bad guy gang into some law enforcement show or something like that, they don't have a a equal shootout with another gang and barely squeak by, and then you expect them to be something. That, that's just, it, and that's not me being nervous about AJ. That's me thinking, how are they presenting him right now in terms of a television character? All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll disagree. I just think AJ okay. Styles is, uh, has done pretty well for himself. 
I um, think he's done great for himself. I think that's fine. I think this is on WWE and their presentation skills. I don't think there's been that much care to him because I think they have the WrestleMania main event plans here, and I don't think AJ necessarily fits into them. He may oh, fit on yeah. WrestleMania, but th but they're more concerned about okay. And this is you know this has been the concern of everybody since you know five years ago. They only care about the top three or four matches and everything else was kind of to the side. So I'm not sure they really have put the thought and care into the presentation of AJ Styles. I, I disagree with that. I like there. the idea that we might get AJ and Kevin Owens in a one-on-one -on -one at WrestleMania, but to me, and even, even if it happens, I won't be too disappointed by it because at least you're on an, a main match in WrestleMania. Whatever yeah. ladder match they do, I just have a feeling that AJ is probably going to be bogged down in that instead of having a singles one-on-one -on -one match. And I was thinking a four-way for the IC title, but... Could be something uh, like that, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that, but too. But we got, we got it, two months, you know? We got Fastlane yeah. coming up, too. I bet AJ has a singles match on Fastlane, and I bet, I hope it's, so. a, I bet it's a key match, too. I hope so. I, I, I hope it's not Jericho, though. I hope I hope that this isn't a week-to-week -week build to a February match of some kind. Yeah. Interesting topic, too, because we got the main event of Fastlane last night on Raw. It's going to be a triple threat with Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Dean Ambrose. Uh, so you don't have Bray Wyatt in with Brock. That has been uh, kind of kind of played out a little bit. Um, Bray Wyatt's probably going to interfere in that match to get Brock Lesnar out of it, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I definitely think so. I not only think that, I think I think probably this is where they turn Dean. Not or beforehand. I think they turn him beforehand, not even in, in the confines of the match because they're either blind or, the, or, or this has to be the plan because there's no way Roman Reigns goes into that match and they don't crap all over him. Compared to Brock and Dean Ambrose, yeah, you're gonna no. be rooting for Roman Reigns to win here. He'll be no. the, he'll he'll be the least popular guy in that match. So I mean, a way to get Brock out of it is is you know Bray Bray Wyatt. So it looks like Bray or some combination of someone in the Wyatt family versus Brock is indeed likely. I was I was holding out to maybe that being a fast lane only match and not being a WrestleMania match, but it does look like the Wyatts will be involved with Brock at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right, Dean Ambrose is gonna go in there is the fan favorite Brock Lesnar will go in there as a favorite and Roman will be the least popular guy in there. Um, it's kind of like survivor series, the survivor series tournament. We had Roman and Dean and everyone called for a heel turn from one of them. It didn't happen. Will it finally happen here is the question. And at this point I wouldn't bet on a face or heel turn from anybody just because we've had so many opportunities for one. And this one itself would seem kind of out of place because say Dean Ambrose did turn heel it's not like they're doing Roman and Dean at WrestleMania. No, but here, here's here was my second beat thinking, so to speak. You turn, you turn Dean say a week before Fastlane, because you can't turn him during the match. There's no way you're gonna be able to turn him during the match unless unless the McMahons come out with a briefcase full of money and it give it to him and make it that obvious. Yeah, it I don't think you can turn. do that. Yeah, you you yeah you can't do a true turn. You have to do it. You have to again. Not be subtle about it. You have to say it up front, and then you can be subtle later. So you have to turn him heel beforehand. And then you have an even heel-face ratio for a ice intercontinental four-way match of some kind when you have Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ, and Dean Ambrose. Because that goes into the Rumble storyline as well with with Owens having fought AJ and Sami at some point, although they may just put that down on NXT and not care about it. So there, there's those two possibilities. But in terms, they can't have all three faces. Maybe, maybe even Ambrose gets knocked out at some point in the build to this match, and it 
turns into one of the members of the League of Nations being involved in this match instead. I just can't see them putting this on as is. Okay. It's... I'm really interested to see how this fast lane card builds up because we got our main event, but we got a lot of pieces of the puzzle. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they keep Ray Wyatt off of fast lane and, you know, kind of make people forget about him until he shows up in the main event. Yeah, um, no, I agree that that's exactly what they're going to do. But we, we could also get Bray Wyatt and AJ Styles. Mm, no, probably, probably not. Uh, maybe Kevin Owens. Uh, you know, so we're, we're going to have the IC title on ice for this pay-per-view. Uh, we have the U.S. title out there with Callisto. Uh, Tom on Twitter, at Shake Them Ropes, is the Twitter feed, asks, if they keep the title on Callisto, what is his ceiling? How far can he go as the U.S. champion, and, and how important will he end up being, uh, say, by the end of this calendar year? Um, do they finally try to get him to be the next Latino star, or is this a title reign that's going to end at Fastlane? This is his ceiling right now, I think. In fact, Part of me, that that very cynical part of me, thinks that a lot of the reason they put the title on Kalisto right now is to take away some of the thunder from the Lucha Underground premiere this week. Even though they don't pay that much attention to other organizations and stuff, they do have television, and they do run ads, or they do run buys on DirecTV, so they somebody's aware of it. Um Unless they repackage Kalisto as not a member of the Lucha Dragons, and then then you know then his ceiling's infinite. I mean, you can repackage anybody make them a star if you do it the right way. But right now, I mean, he barely got by the Miz last night. I think he keeps the title a little bit, and they're kind of doing the Rey Mysterio little guy against big guy pushes. I, You know, probably end up in a match with the Big Show at some point. But this is pretty much his ceiling right now, unless, unless he finds some magical uh, elixir that gives him star promo ability. Yeah, what do you I think? Mean, that, that's really got to be there because... Yeah, I, I think mid-card title holder every once in a while is probably as high as their goal. Uh, I mean, Callisto isn't going to be beating Roman Reigns or Triple H or anything, anyone like that. And if Callisto did find that magic elixir, Dolph Ziggler would probably punk him out for it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Randy Orton comes back. Randy Orton seems to be the type of guy where you can kind of go to the mid-card with him a couple of times. You know, we had the feud with Kofi Kingston. Uh, he was the guy who was getting beat by Rey Mysterio when Rey Mysterio was getting his big push. Randy Orton's the type of guy who could probably lose to a Callisto on like a, a 930 Raw match. Like all of a sudden it's just a surprise and Callisto wins. Mm, no. Oh, I can I see it. I don't think so. Oh, I, 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 I could see it, but I couldn't see it without Randy having a deal in place that he's going to be putting the world title picture. Oh, geez. I, 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 I couldn't see him doing that without kicking and screaming all the way because because he had i mean basically you put randy orton in there with kalisto everybody's won the rko on some high-flying move of kalisto that's what everybody's expecting i don't think they're expecting a win so they give him a fluke win over randy orton and then on the rematch at some big show randy orton would pull out an rko that'd be spectacular on some aerial move by kalisto yeah, the the Callisto ceiling, the Callisto ceiling. I would uh, I would keep him out of the Lucha Dragons. See how he gets over. If Sin Cara comes back and you know is healthy, then maybe put him back. If Callisto's not doing anything, but right now just run with him. Why not? Oh yeah, give him a new Titantron, new music. Stop the Lucha chant, and and give get something else out there. Get get yeah, establish him now. Build him up while um, what's it? Sin Cara is gone. Uh huh. 
I don't know why I forgot the name of Sin Cara all of a sudden. Sin Cara I guess, too. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> before before La Sombra takes on the mask, right? Um, no, just just get them as far away from the stink of the Lucha Dragons as possible, because that's that's not a that's a mid card. Let's sell some masks to the kids act. That's not a championship act. We got a question from Henry on the Twitter feed on the eve of Lucha Underground season two, which debuts tomorrow, Wednesday. How mm-hmm. serious do you take the claims by one of the executive producers that WWE tried to sign away everybody in between seasons? The one shocked me. Sign them all for NXT in some way. Sure. I, because that's what they need. But you I know, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say that they were going after Lucha Underground specifically. They were just, I mean, they're signing everyone from everywhere. Yeah. That, yeah, it, it's not sp- anybody who has a TV contract of any kind. They're going to try and sign your guys away. Sorry to say that, but uh, it, they have they have another touring brand to think of, and and you guys don't matter in their world. Yeah, without spoiling the purpose and what he's doing in NXT. I mean, on the WWE website, they announced that Austin Aries has signed. Um, so without going into what he's actually done, I mean, WWE went after Austin Aries. Uh, they've gone after, you know, wrestlers who are with Evolve. You know, Biff Busick is there in developmental. They got La Sombra from CMLL. They're going after a lot of people from a lot of different areas. I would not have they been just shocked. Rated, they just raided New Japan, who have a show yep. on Axis out here. So, yeah, you know, AJ you're not, Styles you're not, is, you know, yeah. right there. Um, you know, they're going after a lot of people. I'm sure there's people in Lucha Underground that they wanted to try and get. And for whatever reason, those people just either couldn't sign with WWE or they chose not to sign with WWE. But as far as the claims that they were going after everyone, of course, an executive producer from that particular show might be thinking they're going after them specifically, but really they're just trying to sign everyone from everywhere. Yeah, I think that's there's a twofold thing here that I'm thinking of. If if those seven-year contracts are true, they weren't going to try and sign those guys because they don't want to have to deal with uh, contract issues in court. WWE does not like going to court over contract tampering and stuff because they don't want it done to them. And they're not, you know, those aren't uh, independent contractor like wrestling agreements right. that you'll find in Evolve. I mean, this is yeah. a TV show masquerading mm-hmm. as a wrestling promotion on TV where it's really not a wrestling promotion. It's a TV show about wrestling. Now, do you know which producer this was or was he unnamed? Um, unnamed in the question. I would imagine it was probably Chris Joseph, but I, I don't know that for sure. I think there might be a little bit of trying to get a little bit of a rub off of WWE and playing the victim for sympathy here, but uh, well, don't talk, quote me on that. Talk about interesting. I mean, WWE has this deal with ESPN, and Chris Jericho was on the Tuesday night Sports Center tonight, but also on Sports Center tonight, a feature, a promotion for Lucha Underground season two. So I mean, that's kind of interesting right there that Sports Center is going deep within ESPN, but also allowing Lucha Underground to kind of take over their set for an actual in Sports Center promotion. I'm going to tell you right now, that's going to rankle someone in WWE. It really that's, is. That's not going to that's not going to go down well if that gets uh, up the up the ladder in any way. Even though the management, all to a person, all say they don't pay attention to real sports because they just don't have the time. Yeah, but they're going to pay attention to their broadcast partners. Yes, I, and and so someone will. Let's put it this way: they'll know. Someone's going to tell them. I don't think they're going to watch live and see it, but someone will tell them. Oh, no, but, you know, Vince McMahon will wonder, and he'll just kind of hear that, hey, you know, this this other wrestling show is promoted on SportsCenter tonight, and Vince will say, why are we promoting on a show that's also promoting other groups? Because ESPN's bigger than WWE, Vince. That's why. That's right. And, Di- you, need, and you need them more than they need you. That's yep. why. Disney outranks. Disney yep. outranks. 
but yeah, I, I thought that was super interesting. Like maybe, maybe it's just like a sports center commercial. I don't know, but it's with the sports center set. If it's just a kind of sports center commercial, that still will, uh, will wrinkle some feathers there. Um, mm-hmm. anything else, you know, we have, we have Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Get- I had no problem with that finish. I had no problem with that setting up something for down the road. I thought I know a lot of people go, oh, I wanted to see that match. No, 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 no. If you're setting up a three-way, it's perfect for them to interrupt right now. The problem is it's probably a bit far out to to keep doing that week after week, but for right now, no issue with that. What about you? Well, I'm fine. Oh, okay. I, I like what's going on so far. I, I think we're I don't know if we're getting a three-way. Um, I think Becky Lynch is kind of just there as a prop for both of these girls to kind of, you know, beat up to be superior on someone. And then we'll get the singles match with Sha- with Sasha and Charlotte, and that'll figure out who's superior between those two. I think okay. Becky right now is just a little prop. Um, if they do a three-way at WrestleMania, you know what? I'll love that too because it's much better than the five-on-five five that we usually get. I think Becky needs to be in that match to uh, to help the other two, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and that very well could happen because, again, I think Sasha and Charlotte's happening at Fastlane. What, okay. they, what they do at WrestleMania, we'll see. Because uh, we just got so much time, man. I mean, it is the end of yeah. January, and this show is at the beginning of April. We're still three calendar months away from WrestleMania. So uh, we got time for a lot of different situations. Uh, and I'm Yeah, it's three months away, and I'm getting alerts that my flight is being delayed in January. <laughs> oh, God. Flight to <laughs> Dallas, already late. You're, uh, you're going to fly in on that Thursday, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you should at least make it to WrestleMania on time. Oh, yeah. That'll be fine. It'll be great. I'm getting more anxious because we're both, we both have tickets for NXT TakeOver. Yes. In Dallas. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Austin Aries in NXT. You got Sami Zayn back and healthy. Uh, A lot of fun times ahead, it seems, in NXT. They're going to really go out on that show. Like, you know, we argue about what's the best TakeOver in the past. They are going to try and make that takeover Dallas show the biggest takeover of all time. Oh, I'm I'm excited for it, definitely. I I, I wish they had booked the American Airlines arena for it, but uh, you know, we go with what you have. But so. I, I kind of like that. I mean, it's not gonna be full sale where it's four hundred people and it's not going to be NXT Brooklyn, which had fifteen thousand people. It's it's in the middle. It's gonna have yeah. five to six thousand people. It's still going to feel real intimate. Um, so you're gonna get the best of both. You're gonna have a large vocal crowd mixed in with the intimacy of a small packed arena, um, that to me is going to have a huge atmospheric boost for the show. I'm looking very forward to it. Mm -hmm. Very forward to it. Uh, Anything else from WWE this week? I mean, AJ Styles has been a huge topic, of course. We talked about AJ. You know, Brock Lesnar is in a main event of a pay-per-view where he's going to lose. But that that Fastlane show is looking interesting. That triple threat main event, Sasha and Charlotte, if it happens, uh, AJ Styles being on the show somewhere. Um, you know who we did not see on Raw last night, though? A couple of people. We didn't see Tyler Breeze. We didn't see Sami Zayn. And we didn't see Damian Sandow. <laughs> no, but we saw The Rock. We did see The Rock. I don't have a lot to say about The Rock appearance. I mean, it's it's a shame what they're doing with The Rock and, you know, Lana, which is the shame. Oh, it's God, a shame with what they do. Yeah. yeah, what they do with The Rock anytime, he, you know, whether it be Maria or Lita or Stephanie McMahon or anybody. Um, it's a shame that they do. They keep picking on Lana and Rusev. But at the same time, 
they're television characters who had a history with The Rock. You know, The Rock's last big se- segment on uh, on Raw, um, I believe it was on Raw, maybe it was on a pay-per-view, that show in Brooklyn, uh, where he punked out Rusev. And we all talked about, okay, why are they doing this when Rusev's like supposed to be a big monster? Um, they have a history I, there, but I, yeah. I, I thought the, you know, the rock is must see he's must see television, whether you think he's good, whether you think he's bad, it's must see, which WWE doesn't have a lot of. So you want to pay attention. You want to see what's going down when the rock shows up on raw. I wasn't personally loving it. I thought it was a very awkward 25 minutes. Um, but you know what? Sometimes that's okay. You know, an awkward 25 minutes makes for interesting television too. Um, it was just. It's gotten a lot of talk, Jeff. Uh, it has, and uh, much like Chris Jericho, The Rock is stale as hell, I think. Other than the times he wasn't on script, which were great when he was when he went out to the crowd and was playing around with them. You know, it, it's the usual 13-year-old sexual innuendo jokes and, and other things that nobody else on the roster can do. <laughs> you know, it, it's, which is very odd to me. And I thought the New Day outclassed him, to be honest with you. I mean, in terms of playing the role, I mean, Rock gets to get his stuff in and, and, you know, llama penises and, you know, llama penises is the new boots to asses in terms of just trying hard to get the the crowd to chant something, which is the same thing Chris Jericho did with the New Day, and it came off lame as well. Um, He ain't wrestling. They brought him out there to sell tickets. We need to sell tickets. This is going to be great. There's going to be history making. I'm going to be there with you. He ain't wrestling. They he's, didn't tell us that. He's not wrestling a match. But I, they, they implied it, didn't they? I don't know if they did. I really don't think they did. Oh, I think they did. I think they were for people who don't who aren't oh. in the know. Or people well, not in the bubble. People for, not in the bubble. For those who don't really have a clue about these sort of things, they probably thought, oh, The Rock said he was going to be there, so he must be wrestling on the show. But to me, that cemented the fact that he wasn't going to wrestle on the show. I um, agree. You and I have that thing, but he also put a rock bottom on some guy. So it's one of those things where I think the expectation may be there for a lot of people. Once again, it's that three million that don't have the WWE network that aren't in the bubble. That's why I want did to see the styles clash also, you know, tell you what was funny about that raw last night and the, and the, you know, reverse of what they expected to happen. You had flow rider show up on the show and you had the rock show up on the show. And both times they were kind of outdone on the mic by the people they were going up against. I mean, Bo Dallas Whoa, crushed flow rider. I get the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> Bo, Bo Dallas crushed that segment. He was fantastic. And the new day oh, yeah. I thought was better than the rock on the mic. I thought the social outcasts were quite entertaining in that segment. They're, I, you know, they're really, they got- they're really fun and interesting because you can tell, like, these are four guys that don't get pushed. They don't necessarily like each other, but they know their best shot of getting on TV is being a group together. Because, like, you see the the interview they had with Michael Cole. You see some of the backstage segments. Like, they don't agree with what the other guys say a lot, and they all want to be the most important person in the group. And they think the others are kind of dorky sometimes, but. At the same time, they're still friends in a way, and it's just a fun dynamic. It's not four guys who are together because they have a common, uh, well, they have a common goal, but it's not like they're four guys who had a background together or anything like that. And, and they were very interesting against Flo Rida. I mean, I thought that was obvious that, you know, Bo Dallas carried that segment and he was fantastic. You know what's funny just from a comedy perspective is watching them in the new day. They're kind of doing the same thing that's really big in comedy movies these days where you have your script points. But there's a lot of riffing going on within those script points yeah. that that is going under the radar. That's really the 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 comedy of the whole thing. 
<laughs> like Xavier Woods and did I do that when when he's called Urkel? I, I thought that you know those little those little moments, both the social outcast and the New Day get it in that aspect, and it's a you know you can't you can't script the types of things that are making me laugh of what they're doing. No, and what's great thing. is the fact that you're you're really starting to see now just how witty those three guys are and how smart Xavier is specifically. Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys yeah. are owning it and they're not going to be intimidated by the rock. They're not going to get caught up in words by the rock. And those three guys are going to outdo whoever they're up against. I saw someone nailing Xavier for overreacting on the llama penises thing. And I was like, that's his job is to do that within this reality. They're not talking. Nobody would come out there and, and call someone llama penis. They'd call him a moron who looks stupid. So yeah, he's overreacting to llama penis. Get over that people. Jeez. Yeah. And they're, they're the PG warriors too. Cause it's hilarious. Yeah. You know, anytime something more risque <laughs> is said, you can't say that on TV. It's like it's as if they're, you know, they're trying to tattle on somebody. Like we're trying to do our best, but we we stay within PG. So why aren't no, those guys? I, I disagree. I think they're pushing the bounds here because you know they go, you can't say penis on TV because they what they do is they take the term and they they say it again. Or oh, they I know. Say it I know three, that. Three, four times. It's not even the PG police. It's the it's the well. Let's see how many times we can see pe penis right now before they cut us off. I know it, it just kind of reminds me of like it's like a kid who's you know going on a yeah. war of words, and then the his opponent, his adversary, said something that he didn't think was on limits or in within limits, and he's like, "You can't say that. I I really should have won that. I I had the better words. You just went you know vulgar for the sake of it." Oh, I can't say that. Yeah, your dad's a drunk. Your dad's a drunk. Your yeah. dad's a drunk. That's yeah, right. That kind of thing. That's right. I didn't know mamas were on limits here. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I thought raw was somewhat entertaining. You know, there's, there's reviews out there that have been poor on it. Um, I'm completely fine with the AJ styles thing. Now, if he wrestles, um, I don't even know who he's going to get wins. I mean, AJ styles isn't losing anytime soon. I was yeah, kind of, fine. I was worried he's about that a little with Jericho. I thought he might have lost that match, but you know, and at this point now, after beating Jericho, that guy isn't losing until WrestleMania. I just, my concern, and I'll end it with this, is I just want the people who are not in the bubble, the three million or so that don't have the WWE Network even, to know when when they should be excited to see the Styles clash. You know, just, just a video package telling me why AJ Styles is so great, and then let him go from there and, and sink or swim. That's all. Match number 47 on our top 100 countdown of matches to see on WWE Network before you die is Shawn Michaels and Triple H. The return of Shawn Michaels from yes. WWE SummerSlam 2002, a show that I have very fond memories of. Um, I actually ordered this pay-per-view uh, three times on that night, once in you Spanish. You liked it that much, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> nope. I remember this one specifically. Uh, we ordered the pay-per-view in Spanish, and then we ordered the replay showing. So we had to order the regular English showing at the regular time. We had three orders of this pay-per-view that had to be sorted out later. Um, but you know what? It was probably worth all the money. <laughs> SummerSlam 2002, uh, a show that was not even headlined by this match, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. It was headlined by Brock Lesnar versus The Rock, Brock versus Rock for the title. Uh, but the match that stole the show, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, an unsanctioned fight. It was a non-sanctioned match uh, featuring the return of HBK at SummerSlam 2002, Jeff. Yeah, and um, I'm not even certain this match was penciled in originally um, because I did you 
get to watch the video links I sent you today or no? Yeah, it's an interesting factor because, of course, the NWO had returned this year. This this show happened right. in 2002, the summer of 2002. The NWO was back, and then Hulk Hogan mm -hmm. turned babyface, so you still had Nash and Hall. And then Scott Hall got fired, so Kevin Nash was kind of in the NWO by himself, and he brought on like Big Show and Booker T and X-Pac. But by the time Shawn Michaels came back as a surprise uh, member of the NWO, you had even more turmoil because Kevin Nash got hurt. Yeah, he, he, he tore his quadricep in, in the tag match that they were pumping up when they brought out Shawn Michaels. Yeah, and, and the timeline gets a little wacky, but you also had, you know, you had Kevin Nash getting hurt, Shawn Michaels they were trying to persuade Triple H to become a member of the NWO at the time. So I, I have an mm -hmm. inkling that there was some type of match involved. It might have been Kevin Nash versus yeah. Triple H. But I it, I feel like it was likely they were trying to build towards Sean and Triple H anyway. It just didn't get built in the way they first expected it to. Um, I think but, they were waiting for clearance on Sean, and Sean was the backup plan, but they were going to build Kevin regardless. Because they, they did Kevin Triple H. Hurt. Yeah, they did Triple H and Kevin Nash shortly afterwards, too, later on right. in the next uh, year. So, I mean, it right. was something that obviously was on their minds. But they completely scrapped the NWO after after the after the 10-man tag. Like, the next week, it was just kind of retconned out of existence, and it became a bidding war for Triple H between general manager Stephanie McMahon of SmackDown and Eric Bischoff of Raw. Well, that's and that's the other interesting factor, because you had the NWO there before Kevin Nash was hurt. Um, Eric Bischoff wasn't around yet. They right. The night that they disbanded the NWO, and Vince McMahon famously said that that was the last time you would ever hear that music, they disbanded the NWO, so Shawn Michaels was just kind of a man without an island now again. Uh, then Eric Bischoff shows up as the GM, so I figure that Bischoff coming in to be involved in the NWO was probably the plan, and how he would have fit in with the NWO is interesting. Uh, yeah. That, to me, is the plan that really changed because of Nash's injury, what they were going to do with Bischoff. But I mm -hmm. think Triple H and Sean um, was probably idea number one for SummerSlam anyway, and Kevin Nash was the backup. Uh, but in the end, we we got Triple H and Shawn Michaels in the big return match for HBK. But what was interesting is the fact that it wasn't a regular match. I mean, they went right for the street fight, right, right for the death, uh, because... As you uh, you sent me videos to this angle, and I, I watched all of them again just to kind of refresh. Uh, but right. one of the videos was the DX reformation and breakup. Yeah. No, it, that actually happened the week after uh, Triple H agreed to go to Raw with uh, Shawn Michaels to cause trouble for Eric Bischoff. They come out as Degeneration X. Everybody's excited. Oh, what's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, kick wham pedigree. And it, it was about... Uh, you know, Sean was going to be his manager, but not his partner or, or something to that effect. And and instead, Triple H turns on him to, for, for a heel turn, attacks him in the parking lot. It comes out later that he was the one who made the parking lot attack because what they had done was they had done the heel turn. And then the next week, Triple H came out to explain why he did the heel turn. And then it, then they did this overdramatic, oh, Sean's been attacked in the parking lot. Who did it? Who did it? And Triple H goes out there to care for his once friend and ally and you're thinking this may turn him back face to help him but it, then it turns out video surveillance footage it was triple h all along and so now the hatred is seething and and this can't be contained in a regular match rob we have to unsanction the match this can't be sanctioned the wwe cannot have any legal liability for it well yeah it's it's fun because you know the when triple h took over dx originally when Shawn michaels was done after the wrestlemania match with steve austin you know, Triple H kicked Sean out 
because it was Triple H's time to be a leader and to be the main yeah. guy in WWE. So this angle kind of played off of that. Like Shawn Michaels was coming back. He was getting more time on TV and Triple H didn't want that. Triple H wanted Shawn to kind of stay buried because it's still Triple H's time. So Triple H wasn't just going to let Shawn Michaels come back willy nilly. Uh, they do the the backyard or the uh, parking lot brawl angle where Triple H just lays out Shawn from behind. Mm -hmm. And Shawn Michaels wants a fight. He says, I might be 100% by SummerSlam. I want to fight you. I don't want to wrestle you. I want to fight you. And we yes. have the the non-sanctioned match because WWE did not want the liability. They they signed the hold harmless agreements. <laughs> and we have a street fight here with Shawn Michaels coming out in his jeans. And God bless him for doing that. It is my pet peeve when you have street fights and unsanctioned matches. We don't have that nobody comes out in the knee pads over the jeans with the weight belts and the tank tops. Old school Shawn Michaels doing as much as he can to to not rile Vince, but still maintain the sanctity of an unsanctioned street fight. Come as you are. Shouldn't be street fighting in wrestling tights. Thank God for Shawn Michaels. Yeah, but of course Triple H comes out in his regular gear. Yeah, of course. Because it's a fight, you know. He he has success wrestling in that gear. Why not come out in the fight with that gear? But Triple H didn't yeah. know what he was really in for because, I mean, we got everything during this match. This match went over 25 minutes. It went really loved long. Um, love this match. It was great. No, oh, I I loved it too. But you had Shawn Michaels hitting Triple H with Hugo's uh, Hugo Savinovich's shoe. <laughs> you have ladders. You have tables. You have the sledgehammer. You have chairs all over the place. I mean, this really was a fight. It was not a wrestling match. They did some wrestling moves here and there. Uh, but oh, no. this, this was a half-hour fight between Shawn Michaels. This, yeah, this is old-school NWA-style street fight almost. You know, you have the belt with the buckle over it getting digged into the head. It's wrestling, but it's a fight. It, it, it's wrestling masquerading as a fight. And, and man, there, there were some really, really good things in here. Triple H is really doing a good job here, kind of as an old-school Ole Anderson-style heel, working on the back the entire time. Everything about his moveset was about the back, from the knee drops to slamming him on the chairs to where he'd hit him. And, oh, I loved that part of, of Triple H. It wasn't, you know, to see stuff. And then my favorite, you're a ref. So the Earl Hebner rant at Triple H where he just loses his shit and says, I don't, I can't handle this anymore. I don't want to see this anymore. Stop bringing in all these chairs and stuff. And he starts going off on, on Triple H. I thought that was fantastic. And JR covering for him within storyline in terms of being a WWE official who doesn't want to see this. I thought that was fantastic commentary. Yeah, it was great because, you know, Earl Hebner couldn't stop it, but he could still at least plead that Triple H don't do it. Um, yeah. so yeah, no, it was a, it was a very good storytelling aspect then, in there. Yeah. And, and, and triple H does one of my favorite things in wrestling in this one, the repeated count spot where you just keep on trying to get the three count, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Now this is the debut of the sledgehammer. Is it not for Ooh. triple H? Ooh, I'm going to look that up, but yeah, I can't, uh, you know, because watching this because Jim Ross loses his shit, right? When, when he brings out the sledgehammer, like, oh, my God, how can they do? No, what are you going to be doing with that, that kind of thing? It, it's as if it was a shock to him as well to see it. It very well could have been the uh, the first time that he used yeah. the sledgehammer. Um, there and, and Michaels, for a guy who – I'll let you look that up. Let me, uh, yeah, let me speak a little while you do that. No, and Michaels does a lot of his greatest hits for a guy that hadn't wrestled in four years. I mean, he's climbing up to ladders and doing elbow drops through tables – um, 
from the top rope across the ring. I mean, that back, it's a miracle that he didn't re-injure it, but he's been healed by that time. But in terms of like going back and forth here, I uh, especially when uh, <laughs> my favorite little other little moment here is uh, after after he gets the pin, he, he, he um, Triple H goes, you know, uh, let me back up real quick. HBK gets the hope spot after getting beaten down by Triple H for a long, long time. And then Triple H comes back with the kick wham, and he's looking to do the pedigree. Shawn Michaels steals a pin, kind of like how AJ did on Jericho this past week, and then kisses Earl Hebner after the three count. I thought that was great. The first sledgehammer usage was in Triple H's feud with Mankind in 1999. Oh. Okay, well, I thought it might be the the premiere. Okay, my bad then. But uh, when when he hits Triple or when he hits HBK with the sledgehammer. JR. JR's moral <laughs> outrage at this at this shot was great. Telling Triple H he's going to rot in hell and calling him a son of a bitch and saying things like when he said he wanted to be taken out on a wheelchair, didn't mean it literally. I mean, JR, really good here. I don't think King added much to this commentary, but JR well, this was, was really- all JR. This was all JR as far as building this matchup. Now do you remember being surprised at all when this show happened that HBK actually won? Yes, I was, because that was at the time when, when you know, on the internet, at least Triple H was really, I mean, really, really had power. So everybody was like, oh, he's, they're just going to do that to job his friend out or whatever. But And that and the fact that it was a street fight, you could kind of see going in that, okay, the street fight is there so that Triple H can do some underhanded tactics and win this yeah. match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shawn Michaels came back. He got the win. I uh, forgot he had won because I, yeah. I had watched that. I had watched that SummerSlam promo afterwards where he's in the wheelchair and stuff. I go, oh, probably got hit with a with a sledgehammer and one, two, three. Yeah, no, he won. And then the post-match attack with the sledgehammer where, you know, right. Triple H goes to take out the back that cost Shawn Michaels four years of his career. Uh, so that was a really good uh, storytelling aspect. Triple H, uh, you know, would become he would be given the championship belt. Uh, was, was he given the championship belt or was he already champion at this point? What was going on there? Triple. I know that Shawn Michaels won it later in the year. He won it in November because I believe triple H was given the belt. That's when Brock Lesnar, he won the belt from the rock and then went exclusively to SmackDown. So Eric Bischoff wanted a champion and he gave the belt to a triple H. Yeah. The big gold belt, right? Yep. The big gold belt and triple H had to defend it in the elimination chamber at survivor series. And Shawn Michaels would end up winning that match and winning the title and having the big celebration of Shawn Michaels coming back triumphantly to get back his world title. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that they've run these comebacks into the ground because something like, you know, four years being off TV and coming back like that, just the, the pops in this match were something spectacular. When he does the kip up in the jeans and, and is waiting for that sweet chin music, this crowd cannot get enough of it. If you uh, subscribe to the theory that, you know, you get your show recommendations from Dave Meltzer and his star ratings, you might look at this show and feel like it was just an average pay-per-view. You know, he gave Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio three and three quarters stars, but only match to get over three and three quarters was the Shawn Michaels Triple H street fight. I remember loving this show when I first watched it. I've watched this show in its entirety after the fact, and I love it every time. This is one of those unheralded great pay-per-views with Brock Lesnar and The Rock, with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, with Edge and Eddie Guerrero. 
Kurt Angle this and Rey Mysterio. This is Brock's first title win, right? First title win. Kurt Angle okay. and Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio's first true pay-per-view match in a, in a key role. I mean, that Kurt Angle-Rey Mysterio match is kind of a, it, it's a really fun sprint. It goes pretty quickly. Um, Ric Flair and Chris Jericho, Rob Van Dam, Chris Benoit. I mean, this mat, this show had a lot mm. of good stuff on it. I'll have to go back and watch it because the only thing I watched other than this match was the aftermath with Howard Finkel and, and Trish Stratus, which was, uh, it's the same sense of humor that the rock had on, on raw last night. Let's put yeah. it that way. No, I would, I would recommend going back and watching this entire pay-per-view SummerSlam 2002. Uh, we would love your feedback at the voices yes. of wrestling forums or on Twitter at shake them ropes about this show. If you go back and rewatch the match or the entire show, let us know what you thought and we will read off your ideas on the next Shake Them Ropes. Next week, we will be doing Ryback, Daniel Bryan, and Kane versus The Shield, The Shield's first pay-per-view match, TLC 2012. Yeah. Oh, 2012. Wow, I thought it was 2013. It's been that long, huh? Okay, great. No, love this match. Love that match. Can't can't wait to do it. TLC 2002. Team Hell No and the Ryback versus The Shield in a ladder match i believe it's a ladder match um no i believe it's tables ladder is it tlc it might be yeah it's tlc i believe tlc match with the shield ryback and team hell no Uh, that is match number 46 on our countdown um a match i have no memory of is coming up 45 is chris jericho and Rey mysterio from the bash wwe the bash when they took the great american out of the title um oh was that mask versus hair was that a mask Uh, match in some way I don't know. I remember that's when they were doing brand exclusive pay-per-views, so I really wasn't paying attention to it. Yeah, the bash, uh, Chris Jericho and Rey Mysterio is coming up. But next week, we'll do Team Hell No and the Ryback versus The Shield. We will also talk about the continuing build towards WWE Fastlane. And maybe I will make Jeff review the first episode of WWE Ride Along. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.